And are we live? Yes, we are live. We are live. So, wow, everybody. Um, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Saturday Morning with Tech. It is episode 87. And um, again, problem. I guess this is a problem that purely is uh, affected only on my end because I purposely did this. Uh, it's actually notifying me that I actually just went live. So hold on, let me just bring up the volume rocker and let's just turn off the notification sound. So oh, no, I didn't turn it off. This one's still running. Uh, if you guys are noticing that this is the brand new Red Magic 6S Pro. Good morning, Sabaha, everybody. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, hold on, I gotta learn how to do these things. Go over here. Yeah, bring it in and bring down that part. Um, it's Saturday. It is also September 11th. Um, I do want to say, and I want to take an opportunity, just a second there, to uh, remember. Remember is current, you know, the day and this time in, in in history, 20 years ago, and where we were uh, about 20 years ago. It's a little bit of a somber start of a show, but um, there's always something. There, there's always somebody uh, somehow where, whenever you say the word, uh, the date of today, September 11th, you always remember exactly where you were. And um, something that I may have not shared with um, a lot of people, actually, um, during that event 20 years ago, I was actually on a morning run. Um, I was in the street. I was running and a buddy of mine called me and he said, did you did you just see the news? And I'm like, no, I'm running. I'm not even listening to the news. I'm listening to my music. And then um, that kind of stopped me in my grounds. And, and I kind of walked back to home and um, saw the show. Well, not the show. saw what happened, essentially. Um, but it is, it's, it's, it's a, it's a sad day in, in history and it's a day we need to remember and we need to move, move forward from. So, uh, for anybody and everybody that does, uh, is aware of what happened September 11, 20 years ago, um, my thoughts go out to everybody and anybody that was affected by it. And of course, uh, the hope is that with this can bring us together and, uh, we can move forward together and, and be better than where we are or where we were. Um, I see in the chat. Hold on a second. Let me just resize it correctly. So um, I don't know if I also mentioned this as well. I did suffer a power outage this morning, a very interesting power outage. It happened at a weird time. Uh, it happened in the middle, uh, it, actually early in the morning. Sabaho, uh, Simon says Hypno there. Uh, uh, Mustahim is in there. Hey, man, hope you're doing well. Uh, Girl is in there as well. Jimmy Fire Dragon, Greg, everybody. Uh, Hope you're doing well. I hope my levels are good. Um, so, you know, hopefully we'll be able to start this weekend off on the right foot. Um, I took that day off and I was uh, I was shocked to see it uh, live on TV when I when it drove past the penthouse. Yeah, uh, it was it was a tough time. It was a it, like I said, everybody knows exactly where they were. It's like that. It's a frozen moment in time that we all know how much of an impact that day did, did to us uh, and um, where we are and how things have changed for us. Actually, a lot of things in, in the world changed. That day was a massive day in history. Uh, it's definitely one of those um, focal points in time that we will always remember. Um, but yes, uh, thank you. Appreciate it, Greg. I'll, uh, always, always appreciate it. Um, coming down from yesterday's event, yesterday we had a show with uh, Juan Carlos. We were at the park. We were kicking it. And unfortunately, due to technical problems, after I watched the show one more time after the end, um, StreamYard, for some reason, kept wanting to switch me back to 360p. So the video didn't, didn't look as good as it could have. Although the audio podcast was on point, road uh, delivered like there's never been before. So audio wise, if you guys want to catch up on there on the replay crew there, uh, the best of our week show, uh, which was an in-person uh, show. And I got to get a pair of KZ six driver earbuds uh, in the uh, IMs uh, directly from Juan. And I want to say thank you again to JC for allowing me to hang out. Uh, and not only that, just hang out, you know, handing me over uh, audio gear to, to just basically <laughs> take me deeper into that audio equipment uh, rabbit hole that I seem to be diving into 
uh, a lot of things. Uh, and it's one of those things that you want to keep in mind that it's 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 just it's appreciative. Like I said, he's a he's a good buddy. He's a good guy, and we always kick it, uh, and so we're always having fun. Um, but with that being said, uh, I did get a chance to well, I did I do have my hands on the brand new Red Magic 6s Pro. It's a successor, kind of like the T series to what we normally see from uh, from other companies. And I don't mean T like you know with OnePlus because I think OnePlus typically just, uh, well at least last year changed their methodology when it came down to their T series. Um, this is truly an upgrade. It's a better processor, uh, some better configurations. There's also some aesthetical differences. They added a heart rate, heart rate sensor on the fingerprint sensor, which is something different. They knew also they're using a Gen 7 fingerprint sensor, which is a little bit better that includes the heart rate sensor. Uh, they have a design or one of the aesthetic designs, which unfortunately is not the one they sent me. Uh, that has a see-through uh, uh, back, which you get a chance to basically see and appreciate the mechanics of the fan when it's turning on and working. Uh, they did stay true to the message of the, having the fan, the intake and the outtake fans built into the side. This is kind of like their moniker, uh, similar to kind of like the whole beard situation going on with the channel. Um, LED lights still there, uh, present on the back. Uh, still no 120 uh, 20 watt, uh, sorry, charging speed. I was expecting that to be maybe the next evolution to be part of that. Although they did keep the same battery size. So we're still looking at a 5,050 milliampere battery charged up. Uh, the included charger in the box is a 30 watt charger internationally. And you can pick up a 66 watt charger. I coincidentally, because I have the, um, um, the Snapdragon Insider phone that comes with Quick Charge 5.0 technology, I had a 100 watt uh, PD, uh, sorry, qu a Quick Charge uh, 5.0 charger. And surprisingly, this does actually deliver the 60, the 60 or the 66 watt needed to provide the faster charging. So there are other options. And I think if I'm not mistaken, um, not that long ago, uh, I want to say uh, Babis, I'm, I'm maybe saying the name wrong, also sent me a Quick Charge 5.0 charger. There's a lot of options. But the short answer is it's a it's a spec bump. It's a, a small improvement over what we got earlier in the year. Now the CPU th uh, threshold of the CPU is basically pushed up on the on the prime core to three gigahertz. So there's a little bit of an overclock that's not due to the 888 plus. That's mostly due to what um, you know basically Red Magic is doing to tune in the experience. So they are giving us a little bit of an improvement. Uh, same 165 hertz refresh rate, crazy fast refresh rate. I mean, 65. Like I said, it's faster than the monitor that's up there. And that's exactly what I said about the six earlier in the year. Um, it's one of those things that I think we, we have to kind of appreciate gaming phones and what they can do. Uh, camera setup didn't change much. Uh, I think the uh, kind of overall experience is pretty much the same, same capabilities. The 888, again, is still at its core, whatever you have. Um, stereo speakers, headphone jack still there. The triggers have had, did have an improvement. They did actually increase the touch sensitivity on them. So I think was it uh, 720 hertz, which means that they're much more responsive than they were before. Although I want to say the six was also very responsive, so I'm not going to say that they were too far off on the on the on the. Um, yeah, too far too far off before but they definitely is enough of an improvement if, if you're looking to pick one up i think the 6x pro 6s pro would definitely kick in uh so essentially this is the s the s series of the uh, the the, uh, the red magic 6. um i see russ is in the chat as well uh and then i say uh oh my oh man Oh man, I always I, I I really appreciate people that that jump into the chat. But I want to say this, uh, please, and understand this. Uh, you know, just really understand the, the the fact that the point of the show isn't to 
basically push anybody's way in or anything like that. If you're not going to be cordial, if you're not going to be uh, understanding of what's going on with the chat and, and waiting a little bit, I realize if you post a comment that, and I don't necessarily get to it in the second that it was posted, it doesn't mean I didn't see it. It just means that I'm going to come back to the comments in a second. There's obviously the main point of the conversation that we're going on today. Uh, but once it becomes a situation where you're you know, getting into a situation where you're becoming a little bit out there. Unfortunately, that, that just pretty much puts you out into where I can't respond to your show or your comment or anything like that. And that's just not the right thing. So please be respectful. Um, uh, Russ, uh, oh, okay. So it's it's a different fingerprint sensor than the S21 Ultra. I will say that uh, S21 Ultra's fingerprint sensor has been running a little bit weird for me lately. Like it, it'll work good on a couple of times and then suddenly out of the blue, it starts to basically just not work. Like it won't read my fingerprint when the screen doesn't have a, a touchpad. But if I swipe up to get the keypad to put in my pin as opposed to using the fingerprint sensor, then the fingerprint sensor works perfectly fine. So a little bit hit and miss. Uh, but with this one, actually, it's not bad. It pretty fast. It's optical. So that's one of the big differences, but it also has a built-in heart rate monitor. Um, so what I mean by this is, hold on, let me switch over. I think we can switch over to this one. So here we are. So here's the fingerprint sensor. So let me show you what I mean. So it's actually very, oops, here we are, very fast. As long as you center it, it is crazy, crazy fast. Uh, now, one thing I will probably say here, let's just put it in. Uh, this is the new thing that they added. It's a heart rate sensor added to the fingerprint sensor. So essentially, you just put your finger and you wait for it, and you're able to get your heartbeat uh, config, you know, measured at this point. So at this point, it's like 89, 81, 79, 81, 86, 84. Wow, I'm getting excited there. Uh, beats per minute, and then you're able to get it right there. So essentially, is I'm in the green zone, I'm in the normal zone, uh, and I can say finish. And when I go home, now you have a little widget that's sitting there telling you exactly what it is, and of course, some new fan configurations and options that you have. Um, the 6S Pro, for the most part, again, runs the same. Physical dimensions are pretty much the same, which pretty much also means that we can also use the exact accessory that we used with the 6 Pro. So if you've used those, if you purchased them in the past, especially the dual fan cooler that they had with the 6S or the 6 Pro, I'm really, really a big fan of that one. Um, okay, so <laughs> uh, Greg's uh, saying TK beards still look good. So yes, Um Early in the morning, I was in the middle of shaving and it, you know, we had a power outage this morning. So there was a little accident where I, I pretty much decided, you know, after that, I'm just going to clean up everything. There was no real reason for me to keep a lot of things. And I kind of seriously started to contemplate and what, what would happen um, if we just kind of go back to the pre-beard uh, time, you know, like rewind the time and stuff like that. Um, I don't know why it kind of jumped in my mind. So I kind of posted a picture, you know, like, hey, look, new look kind of thing. Um, and it, we basically wanted to see what people thought. I'm I'm a little bit on the fence. I'm, I'm almost tempted. Kind of, I want to say that you know um, I wouldn't mind maybe going a couple of weeks or so, maybe a short amount of time without one, and then basically growing it back again. Uh, this does take some time. That's primarily what it, why I didn't actually uh, cut this portion of the beard. I know that the side part of it uh, typically will go back in about a week or so, so that's not a big problem. But the length for what this set is, and if you guys remember, it used to be even longer than that. Uh, that takes months. <laughs> that takes a long time, and there's a lot of growing pain that comes with that. We're growing some uh, growing a beard like that but yes um thank you thanks appreciate it greg um so russ's back is it there's a lot of 1080p smartphones with uh with a 1440p would that would be nice uh would be a nice welcome so what's been happening and what's been the limitation that we've been hitting right now is that i think with qhd with the 1440p is what what russ is mentioning i think the limitation we've been able to get to right now is 120 hertz we haven't broken that barrier on the on the qhd now Sony, on the other hand, said, you know, pretty much hold my beer conversation type of a thing. And they're like, no, 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 no. We're going to give you 4K at 120. 
So it seems like 120 at a higher resolution than 1080p seems to be the best situation we can do right now, even at is even if you're jumping into 4K and where Sony is the only player there. And I think the Xperia 1 Mark III is the only device to carry that. Because uh, if, if you jump for the Xperia 5 Mark, Mark III, which was advertised and hopefully coming up in the near future, uh, that's only going to go to 120. So keep the... the I'll say this. I appreciate higher refresh rates, and I want to be able to play games at, at the best, highest resolution possible. And 1080p and 165 frames per second, I think, still works pretty good. Because you have to kind of keep in mind, uh, the faster the frame rate, the resolution can't keep up with it. You're not going to be able to get that super crisp image running that fast, um, especially when we're talking like 165, not 120. Uh, 120 resolution seems to be very capable. AMOLED seems to be able to handle it. And we again, we have a reasonable amount of devices that carry it. Uh, the Find X3 Pro, uh, Pro uh, obviously OnePlus goes into the same conversation. Uh, Sony, not Sony, Samsung finally decided to jump on the, on the board with that one and give us the ability of having adaptive as opposed to having one or the other, which is what we typically had last year. Um, so I'm with you. I want to see more devices uh, give us the ability of going to 1440p at at least 120, maybe 144. Uh, but I think hopefully we'll see what Qualcomm says uh, at the end of the year when they start showing us uh, what their next generation of SOCs are going to be. But I also think at the end of the day, it's a cost price point break right now. Uh, most of the devices that we're seeing QHD with 120 are $1,000 plus. Where 1080p seems to be much more of a more affordable uh, price point for OEMs and companies to be able to build on to provide us higher refresh rate. And it's very similar to the way we see it on PCs. PC gaming typically has the highest refresh rate at the lower resolutions, as opposed to basically when you go to the highest resolution, you drop down, you kind of get a little bit less, like 120 at 1440p, but 240 at 1080p on the monitor that I have in the back, which I would kind of venture to say, I would rather have 1440p at 120. I'm with you, higher resolution, always, always better. Um, Chemi's in the chat. Greg is in there. Hey, uh, and Simon says, um, how's the heat on the 888 Plus? So the 888 Plus, or at least, um, sorry, the, the heat control or the heat, well, let's say this, um, temperatures on this are very much the same as we saw with the 888. There's no big difference. It does generate heat, but it does actually a much better job at dissipating the heat. This is where the difference where Red Magic comes in and where gaming phones try to push um, or at least manage the 888 a little bit better than what we've seen with other devices. There is a built-in actual opening that goes from one side to the other side of the phone to pull in cold air and push it out. Now, it doesn't reduce the temperature of the phone, meaning if your hands are in here and you're playing, and I'm talking about hour, half an hour to half an hour to two hour range, consistent gaming, like let's say a couple of games of PUBG, jumping into Call of Duty, jumping into maybe some real racing or even a Genshin Impact, which will definitely heat up your phone. Um, that's going to be something that you want to pay attention to. That's going to be something that's going to definitely drive the temperatures. Uh, if you're using something, which I always, always appreciate, this is the thing. I know the 888 is, is just not going to change, right? This is what we're in September. We're on the 11th of September and we are still not, we're not going to basically see any better improvement because we already saw what the 888 plus is going to do. I think solutions like these, and let me see if I can get it to fit back in there. Cause I know it fit with the other one solutions like these. In, like, you know, insert basically your personal favorite controller, be it with the mount, be it basically mounts on the phone like the Kishi does. And by the way, this is actually stretching the Kishi to its limit. So that's it's not necessarily intended for the Kishi, but it fits. Um, I think it will be the best solution for us. The ability of actually appreciating the temperature, uh, not appreciating the temperature, but appreciating the performance on it. And as long as you have a good cooling system, similar to what we have with the Red Magic series, I feel like you're able to play for a longer time. So for me, when I was testing it and I'm getting ready for the videos, um, 
there's going to be a few videos coming up. Obviously, there's going to be one for XDA and a couple of one for the English and Arabic channel for my channels. Um, those are going to be kind of like the, the the story that I'm going with. Yes, it's warm. I think at this point in the year, we could pretty much accept that the 888 is the 888. There's not much we could change about it. The hope that it plus was going to fix something was is not uh, you know materializing. The the 888 plus is truly intended for better AI processing and uh, essentially just a later skew release and therefore a slightly better improvement in certain scenarios, but not overall in temperatures. It's still the same. It still provides the same performance when it comes down to uh, horsepower. The architecture is the same. The ISP setup is the same. You're not really getting much in there. You're just getting better AI processing, which again is beneficial, but not the same upgrade that we typically see. Red Magic did decide, though, to overclock the 888 Plus to 3 gigahertz on the Prime Core, as opposed to what we had before. And that was something that we'll definitely uh, talk a little bit more about that in the review or in the video that I'm pushing out for it. Uh, oh, man, I think I jumped here. Uh, Marco, hey, man, hope you're doing well. Uh, let me see here. I think I missed a couple of comments in there. Hey, Aditya is in the chat, man. Good morning, hey, Aditya Sabaho. Uh, let me see here, Mahob. Uh, let me see. Can I watch for two fifty? Watch for which one should I choose? Okay, so uh, Mahub is asking a question. Sorry, I didn't. I highlighted. I forgot about that. Okay, so uh, the question is basically: Should you go for the watch three for two fifty euros, or for the watch four for four hundred euros? So there, there's a the, the biggest divide here between the two. Uh, uh, Mahub, uh, Mahub is is um, is basically Android Wear, really. The three isn't going to get it. It's going to be st staying with whatever it is. It's a great watch for the ecosystem that Samsung has built in. But at some point or another, I'm assuming production or software update and feature in inclusion are going to basically shift their effort towards the Android Wear. Uh, Tizen is on for unfortunately on the pretty much on the way out for Samsung. So if if you're if you haven't purchased a watch and you're looking to go, obviously, for a few years, because that's typically the watch purchase that most of us do, uh, I think what we probably would say, I think the 4 may be better as far as the selection. But what I'm wondering is, that, are you going for the LTE model or are you going for the standard model? Because when you say 400 uh, euros, I'm assuming you're closer to what I ended up picking up, which was around 400 something dollars. Uh, if you're going to get it without LTE, I don't think it's going to be that expensive. You could you could still pick it up uh, for a little bit less than the 400 mark. Uh, but I would I would actually just end up looking at it this. If you've never used a watch before, I think you should stick with the system that's going to move forward. And then I think the classic uh, the the watch four is going to be the better bet uh, moving forward for Samsung. And also it opens up the Android Wear ecosystem. So you're literally getting a much better interface, a much better ecosystem to build on. Nothing against the three, but if budget is a bigger is a, is more of a factor in the conversation, then the three can definitely work for you, and it's going to serve you very well for years to come. Uh, they're very similar in aesthetics. The design of the buttons are slightly different. The display are also very bright on both ends. You still have that swivel crown on them if you get the classic, or I think uh, in the um, the 46 millimeter did have one uh, from last year. So I think overall it, you'll be enjoying it there, but I'd recommend you going with the four mostly for future proofing just you'll have better ecosystem uh, support especially with where android wear uh, system support there i think i saw yeah no appreciate your support the tta yeah no 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 problem i saw the comment too and i i just didn't feel um and and it is something just as sad but yeah like i said understand that this is you know it's a sad that there's a lot of comments being coming through and we have a, a nice balance between the two so please be respectful for i in that matter uh okay so i think i'm kind of on the da, 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 within there simon says, uh <laughs> couldn't get my headphones to work hello a couple people hey man how are you? <laughs> joe 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 hickey's in the chat um 
Oh, okay. So tweet tweet saying the RG phone five is a yeah, okay. It's a goat. Okay, so don't dis. Okay, so there's a different point of reference when we talk about the ROG phone, right? Um, sorry, Asus is, is approach to the ROG phone this year is basically a, a three tier, right? There's a five, there's the five pro and the five pro plus, I think. Uh, and I, I'm not sure about the last one. Um, I agree. I think if you want to kind of comp compare the two, the ROG phone five, comparing it to the A6S pro, I feel like the ROG phone five would still technically perform better in the sense that it has a better DAC supporting on the headphone jack. Uh, the ecosystem obviously is still very similar. They're both gaming phones. Both of them are going to get warm. Both of them are going to give you basically high refresh rate, uh, great performance. But I still think that the Red Magic pushes it a little bit further with the 165. Uh, it still also kind of pushes a little bit uh, more with a price point because it's a little bit less expensive than the ROG series. So you kind of also comp uh, you have to kind of play the game of what do I value to what do I need and what do I want at the end of the conversation. Uh, if your primary reason for getting this phone is to play games and enjoy content on it, I feel like the R Red Magic 6 provides a very comparable experience to what the ROG Phone 5 gives you, minus the headphone jack audio experience. The ROG Phone 5, by definition, by, defini by, by just the fact that it has a better DAC, a quad DAC supporting it, you'll get better audio not only from the speakers, but also from the headphone jack, which is a plus. But if money is an issue, I feel like still a uh, Red Magic 6S Pro or 6 Pro can still give you a, a pretty decent experience, and you don't have to jump over to that level. Um, it depends, again, on what you need and what you want. Uh, but no question about it, though. The ROG Phone 5 is, a, is, a, is an amazing phone, and it is definitely a lot of fun to play with. Uh, we are still using the ROG Phone 2 as a gaming phone in this family, and again, purely for gaming. We don't use it for cameras. We don't use it for anything else. It is not doing anything else other than run games. And my son loves it. Uh, so that's literally what we, what we want to look at it from there. Mark Sade, Sabaho, Habibna Sabaho. Let me see here. My, oh, yep. Might just put Android 11 on my Nexus 6P <laughs> this morning. Uh, Greg just wants to mod everything. But yes, uh, I think Android, uh, so the, the five Android 12 beta five dropped in the middle of this week. So we're in September, and if I remember correctly, and, I, and maybe somebody can like, correct me in the chat, I remember the roadmap that we saw from uh, from Qualcomm, not Qualcomm, from uh, Google earlier in the year. It was supposed to be like around this time is when we start seeing the full version of Android 12. Now we're seeing that this is getting to be more of a solid performer. The the, the widgets are in there. We're seeing better improvements uh, over uh, basically the clock improvements. Uh, the Easter egg is finally incorporated in there on how to activate it and turn it on and access it. So it truly is almost like you can see they're literally putting the final touches on a fully baked, fully glazed, fully decorated cake. This is literally the final touches before they basically turn on the candles and sing happy birthday. Birthday. Happy birthday. It's going to be that. And I'm pretty sure that's where we are. We're very, very close. Um, I did install it on the Pixel 5a, uh, which was a nice uh, little addition that I wanted to go for. I've been playing with it on the Pixel 4a from last year. So the lower performer from last year, the, the, the basically the entry level Pixel. And we've had the Pixel 5a for the last couple of weeks or so. So I wanted to play with it. And I was like, why not? Why not try to put it on? And surprisingly, as you'd imagine, the 765 handles it very nicely. So there's no question. It's not an issue. But definitely very nice. Um, uh, I like yes the RG the RGB on the Success Pro as frames per second. Uh, I wish I really wish there is a little bit of a thing that uh, that's getting me right now. So as you guys know, as I when I do my videos, especially when I'm including content from the game, I like to record my games when I'm playing games on the phone. So uh, that's a big measurement also of how does the phone handle 
not only playing for 30 minutes at a time, but recording video. So meaning it's reading and writing from the game point of view, but it's also writing to the hard drive at the same time by recording. So it definitely pushes the system a little bit further than your typical gaming experience. Um, but one thing I did notice that for some reason, um, and I can assume only that this is basically how their video recording application is done, but I am, I'm waiting on a confirmation from Red Magic, is that whenever you're playing a game, let's say you're playing Call of Duty or you're playing uh, Real Racing 3, anything that uses the higher refresh rate, which by the way, Call of Duty Mobile does support 120 frames per second gameplay on this phone. But whenever you're running the video app to, to record video when you're playing, for some reason, the frames per second dips. Uh, Real Racing goes from 165, which you could see because it has a, an option to turn on the, the refresh rate display on it. Uh, it drops from 165 to 120 instantaneously the moment I start recording. And then for some reason, Call of Duty drops from 120 to 90 when I do that. So there seems to be something that is causing my, my refresh rate. So I can't show it in the, in the video other than recording just a uh, like b-roll showing me playing it so i can show those numbers it's going to be one of those things I, I i mean it's fast there's no question about that uh and i really wish that the rgb did uh, actually add a lot more frames per second in there uh especially when we're playing el joe says in there hey man hope you're doing well uh oh, sorry yeah uh, joe's doing good uh i swear <laughs> greg single-handed might might take away uh from the local smartphone sales that are keeping okay <laughs> Oh, I hope, I really hope that Greg can do that. Um, he's definitely really, really nice in, in that sense. He he keeps he keeps up with a lot of the updates and a lot of the improvements coming up, especially when the ROM uh, development. Juan and I yesterday were talking about that specifically, actually, when we start talking about Android and so on. And it is going to be an interesting approach, right? I mean, so far, and, I, and again, I'm, I haven't really noticed a big difference, but the the, the change in material design or the, the new UI element that we're seeing with Android 12 is very much an indication of what and what Google wants to have as their own skin. So this is literally now Google flavor or the pixel flavor of Android, which is now material U. They've, they've gone, uh, and Juan was saying that pretty good uh, yesterday, they've gone through a certain period of time where the aesthetics of Android on Pixel devices was considered to be stock Android. A lot of companies try to mimic stock Android. A lot of people say, I love more of a stock Android experience. And what they're saying is, I, I, I enjoy, um, I don't know how to explain it. So most of them don't mean AOSP. I, mean, I don't think most of people that say I like stock Android are referring to Android uh, at, at its at its, at its uh, original source, basically, where it basically... Uh, it's how Android is released. It, Android is released as part of the AOSP. It's not released the way Pixel or Google is releasing it. What Google does is they make their version of Android run the way they need it and optimize to run on their hardware. So what we get is a Pixel flavor of Android, but most people have referred to it as stock. Now Google is shifting that conversation. Google's bringing us a UI element called Material U, which is very more animated, more bubbly. The icons are different. The notification shade is different. Uh, the, the, the settings menu is very different. Even down to the icons and, uh, and widgets, we're starting to see some new widgets even added there. Um, surprisingly, by the way, if you guys want to check it out, there was an article posted earlier. I think it was on XDA. You can actually download the widgets from uh, the Material U Android uh, 12 Beta 5 update and install it on other devices and actually should work as a widget. So if you're interested and you want to check it out, it's not super bad, super hard to be able to do it. But short answer, we're going to change that conversation. And one thing that I was really excited to see within the last few months as we were looking at other Android devices to show us what they wanted to do with Android 12 
was, you know, the announcement. Google announced that, you know, it's a partnership. We have OnePlus, we have ColorOS, we have Oppo, of course, we have Vivo. I think I want to hear Sharp. Um, I want to say there was a, uh, I want to say Motorola was part of it. But we haven't really seen a lot of updates. I mean, OnePlus pushed out one update and then they took it back. Then they pushed it back and then it was pretty much standard. Uh, it was like a version of Android 12 that was an early alpha, but it was never really updated since. And it's been months now since we've seen an update to it. And I think we haven't really heard much from OnePlus. We're very close to an Android drive coming up. So I'm really wondering what's going to happen. Will OEMs skin Android so much that that material U function that we get will become purely a Pixel uh, type of an experience? Or will like uh, companies like Sony and Motorola adapt that and that becomes part of Sony? Or will Sony stay more closer to uh, what we typically know as stock Android uh, and keep the experience there when they update to Android 12? So we don't have any information from them yet. Sony is not typically one to release early beta access, but I think you know uh, it's definitely a big change for a lot of companies. And I'm interested to see what their approach is going to be. Adopt Google's uh, approach by Material U, and can they do that, or will it just pretty much look like you know Color OS on top of a an Oppo device, uh, Oxygen OS on top of a OnePlus device, uh, you know, and of course uh, Xiaomi with uh, you know their uh, MIUI system? We'll have to see what they have. Sorry. Uh, uh, Golan Lavi is actually saying here, hey TK, the Oppo Reno is. Is is actually is the Ropa Reno high uh, price ex, uh, example the Reno Six Five G? Uh, depends on where you're getting it. Uh, typically, Reno devices used to be very expensive, but by comparison to, to some of the other line of devices that Oppo releases, it's considered to be more of their mid ranger and they're running more of MediaTek processors, so they're really going to be more on the mid range. If that price is a little bit too high, I honestly would recommend either looking to a Pixel or uh, maybe even a OnePlus Nord. Nord is actually doing a pretty decent job. The Nord Two just got released not that long ago, and you may end up getting a little bit better experience there. And the Nord Two is also using MediaTek processors, the Dimensity 1200 AI specifically made for them um and then i think if i'm not mistaken the six pro the six uh the the one that you're referring to if i'm not mistaken is uh the six one you're not even referring to the six pro uh it actually should be a lot, a lot less expensive i think the six pro is the one running around 500 uh so the six should be much better unless you're referring to the pro uh but i would double check and see what you know aliexpress or if so being that it's been out for a little bit you may be able to find some uh, depending if you're comfortable looking at used markets you have to always kind of keep in mind, uh, once the device is out for a couple of months, you'll start seeing some people selling them. Uh, and you may be able to save a few dollars on that uh, that way. Uh, but the Reno 6 Pro, at least that I got a chance to check out, was absolutely stellar. Camera performance is typical to what we get from Oppo. Uh, battery life is pretty much there. Uh, and of course, the Dimensity 1200 AI, uh, or the Dimensity 1200 on this, uh, actually performed quite well. I was surprised. Uh, MediaTek is catching up very fast to what Qualcomm has been handing out. They're not exactly at 888 speeds. They're closer to the 865, 855 experience, but that's still very fast to what we've seen in the past. Um, Fat Produce, Andrew's in the show. Hey, man, hope you're doing well. I uh, uh, hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing great. Uh, uh, let me see here. I think I saw that idea. Do you think 60 is overkill for an iPhone? So um, I'll, I'll say this. Yes, 16 gigabytes is way more than, than an iPhone will ever need. And the reason behind that isn't because iPhones can't use it. It's because of the Apple ecosystem. Apple's optimization, um, how do I explain it? Apple, Apple optimizes their system to run on the hardware that they want to put in there. Uh, they typically don't shift into 16 or 20 gigs. I mean, they'll literally, they'll do perfectly fine in four to eight gigs of RAM than having to go to 16 gigs because 
there's the bigger factor of this is they don't want their smartphone to be more powerful than their tablet line. You have to realize that there's an ecosystem balance between the devices and no one device should be more powerful than what you're supposed to get if you needed more of a, I mean, think of it this way. They gave the M1 over to the iPad Pro, but they didn't really give it all the power that the M1 could do if it was running, let's say, on a MacBook Air or a MacBook Pro. So you, you see how they're kind of doing it. They always kind of have a certain performance to price point to feature set to device strategy that has to match. So will they or can they do that much? Uh, maybe at some point they will try to put a, a special edition version that goes up to 16 gigs. But the reality, when you look at it from a performance standpoint, there really isn't much on the mobile uh, on the mobile aspect world right now that uses it. We're not talking about a folding phone. We're not talking about a real estate or you know um, external display desktop mode that you're going to be able to plug in for some reason that you can leverage the 16. That's just going to be overkill. What I do think, and this is something that we've been waiting for for a long time, is Apple needs to jump on the 120 hertz refresh rate. I mean. The reality of the matter is this. We've had retina displays. We've had um, ProMotion displays on uh, the iPad uh, series. And everybody that's used anything like that with, with iPads, they love it. And they've been wanting to see it there. And it's been, a few, it's been some time. And I really feel like this is the time where Apple needs to pull the trigger on this and basically just say, look, we're going to bring in the ProMotion, maybe even bring it on the Pro Max, bring in as a, as a feature to get people to upgrade, which I think is what they're trying to do. They did that with the 12 pretty well. So if that's if that methodology continues, then that'll be also another reason for people to go for the pro series on their sites. And not to say that I want to basically, you know, like, you know, you want to basically gated kind of a situation, but make it that could truly be a pro feature for people that look for it. Uh, it become it makes it a much better gaming phone for people, especially when they play high refresh rate games. Nothing's wrong with 60 frames when it's done correctly. And they do a, an amazing job there. But I feel like we're there. They they haven't even broken into ninety. So the reality is, they need to jump straight to one twenty. Give that massive boost in performance. It's going to be a battery hit, but that's where you also want to basically maybe increase the size of the battery a little bit. Don't keep it at the same capacity as we've seen it in the past. But I think that's the time for us to see. Uh, Sixteen gigs of RAM. I feel like should be uh, maybe three to four steps behind one hundred and twenty hertz. I think one twenty hertz promotion on a, on an iPhone needs to happen. Android has proven it year over year that people appreciate high refresh rate, 165 frames per second on this guy. And I love it. And that's one of the reasons why I love having devices like this. Like I'm, I, I gravitate towards devices that support a high refresh rate. I gravitate towards devices that can offer me more opportunities to enjoy my content better, uh, either be it social media, either be it gaming, either be it just scrolling through the UI elements and uh, on my device. I want it to be fluid and I want it to feel faster. Surprisingly enough, high refresh rate makes your phone feel like it runs faster because it is. The display refreshes faster and the image is crisper faster as you're going you know, between different motion. And more than likely, typically when you see 120, it's really 240 with black frame insertion that brings it down to 120. So you're still definitely going to be enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I, I think 16 gig would be amazing if they were able to use it. But I feel like there's a limitation of what Apple wants to do. They don't want their iPhone to compete with their iPads. On top of the fact that the iPhones just don't get their level. 
And yeah, no, Simon says Hypnos says 90 frames. It's actually a big difference when you go from, uh, you know, from 60 to hit 90 hertz. It's a 50% improvement in performance over what you've seen before. And you're definitely going to notice that there is a massive jump between, you know, 50% over what you have is a big jump. Uh, now, I realize people say, well, you know, from 60 to 90 is the best sweet spot, but then from 90 to 120 is not as much. And that's because at that point, you have to realize that it's only, it's actually not a, not 50% anymore. You're actually uh, going up about like 33%. So the improvement is actually less from 90 to 120, where you were from 60 to uh, uh, to 90. I'm not trying to go math, uh, math on all of that stuff. But I think that's what why most people don't notice it. It's actually a much smaller improvement bump. So if you want to go 60 to 120, that's a big bump. If you want to go 60 to 90, that's a big bump. Uh, and those are going to be the big benefits. And we've seen 90 hertz on a lot of devices. Even, um, I want to say even the N100 had 90 hertz. And that was like a sub, like around a $200 phone. That's how crazy it is. And it's little features like that that I feel like people will appreciate. And you'll also be able to kind of keep your, your gaming enthusiast um, core base that loves to play games on your system as opposed to losing them to uh, companies that provide a better solution when it comes down to refresh rate, especially for gamers. Like for me, my desktop experience is pretty much what I try to emulate on my mobile device. So that's why I appreciate Call of Duty at 120 frames per second over, let's say, playing it at like, you know, 60 or 90. Uh, that's why when I want to play uh, PUBG Mobile, I want to get it at 60 frames per second consistent all throughout the experience. I want to play Genshin Impact at 60 frames per second with maxed out everything. Those are the things you want. And right now, I feel like the iPhone is hindered by the display speed. And that's something that we need to kind of look into, of course. Um, Oh, here. So Aditya is jumping in. Said, yeah, I, I don't think Apple wants any one of their devices uh, cutting into profits from their other devices. That's It's been their motto at, for literally like when we saw the M1 go in on the MacBook Pro, everybody was like, this is going to be the best thing ever. And then you get it and then you're like, oh, so you you gave me the better processor, but you're still giving me the same experience as before. And I kind of understand it. You don't want the MacBook Pro to take over performance uh or you don't want to take market share away from the AirPad, the, uh, the um, sorry, uh, the uh, the um, the Air series or the Pro series. Sorry, I I, I was blanking on that one. Um, Clara, yeah, using software is something Apple exceeds at, and that's one of those things. They can optimize their system literally to the last uh, ounce to get you the best performance on a four or eight gig uh, device. So again, more RAM for them is not a big thing. It's, it's very similar to where Google works. You'll notice that uh, pixels typically don't come with anything more than 10, or not more than 10. I think eight is the most we've seen and 10 to 12 and 16 and 14, all of those extras, I think they don't really need much of that because their system runs so light, especially from the system UI element and then uh, on the software for the operating system, it doesn't run very heavy. So they never actually end up using all of that RAM. And I think Apple does the exact same. Hmm. Right, yeah, here. Yeah. Um, Russ is saying, uh, yeah, for example, uh, an, an M1 uh, iPad uh, may, be a be may be better buy than, <laughs> than a MacBook Air 1. They, yeah, and I don't think Apple wants you to, to, to think that the, uh, the M1, uh, uh, sorry, the iPad Pro would definitely be taken into that. I think they, they're like, hey, if you want a laptop with an M1, the, uh, the, M, you know, the, Air, uh, the uh, MacBook Air is going to be the, the one that you want to go for uh, because that truly runs Mac OS on it. And although we know that the M1 can run Mac OS, it, you know, on, on iPad OS still feels like an iPad experience. Uh, although you may get some improvements overall in performance, it's still not going to, you know, it's not going to be one for one. So that's one of the things. Uh, they did try to make it look like a laptop a little bit more. And I think that's one of those things. 
Uh, okay, let me see here. Hold on, sorry. I'm, I think I might have missed. Oh, sir, George jumping at uh, Apple, Apple can't call a phone pro without a higher refresh rate. Now uh, we've got budget devices at 120 exactly, and and that's one of those one of those things that I feel like. How long can you call something pro and adding a sensor to a camera and adding a camera sensor is no longer just a justification for a pro. I realize that you have more capabilities, more things you could do with the additional sensor, or if you have better sensors on it, typically that's obviously a definite and much better, but a professional can perform a just as good with the entry level iPhone 12 to the uh, and provide you still amazing pictures with that and not necessarily need the sensors on the Pro series. So it's really more about the user. But again, the Pro moniker is, is sadly being used in the wrong spots. Sony knows how to do Pro. When they said the Pro, the Xperia Pro, they truly meant a prosumer piece of hardware, where everybody else that uses the word Pro, they typically means uh, slightly better than the standard model that you're releasing. And they don't want to call it the a slightly better model. They just want to call it Pro. So it truly ends up becoming where it is the best version of that phone or the series of devices um but it's something that you want to keep in mind is you know what are your what what is the goal what's the end goal of what you're trying to do with your phone i'll, I'll have to say that uh let me see here so here uh joe's saying is i am very i'm very happy with 90 hertz on my pixel 5 and i never 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 tried 120. Um, 120 like i said it truly depends on what you do if you have applications that utilize the 120 like if you are a gamer and you love having the higher refresh rate there's a lot of things could be said yes 120 could definitely be a big changer for you but if really all you're doing is social media and and your normal daily usage of your smartphone you're going to notice the best performance at 90. Your battery will love you a little bit more longer uh, when you have that uh, with 90 hertz as opposed to 120 because the display has to doesn't have to work as hard. So there's also those kind of um, you know pros and cons kind of like leveraging kind of conversation. Uh, the 765 can handle a 90 hertz like a champ. There's no question there. The P5 obviously smaller display that works really good. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what we get from the uh, from the uh, Pixel 6 and the 6 Pro. Sorry, I had a little bit thing flying here. Uh, but I yeah, I can definitely appreciate 90 hertz on any on any device. Uh, we just want more options. That's really what it is. Um, uh, okay, so Golan's asking a very interesting question here. Um, the golden question: uh, What smartphone would you choose? The price does not matter for your for your personal use. Just one smartphone. If I had to kind of put my hand down and then basically just pick one phone to go out the door, and that's going to be the phone that I don't, I can't come back and pick up another phone from from my office right now. I would say the if I had it, which is the weird situation, I would say the Xperia One Mark Three, mostly because of as a smartphone that encompasses everything that I want and everything that I feel like we're missing from other smartphones, that's going to be there. The camera system is advanced enough to give me some of the best options we can. Uh, we can take pictures at 100. We can take videos at uh, 4K, uh, 60, 30, 24, 120. Uh, we can record at 8K. We can also, we now have also the new system with the telephoto lens with the dual uh, the dual uh, aperture up there. Um, headphone jack, quad, uh, uh, DAC supported headphone jack, stereo speakers that sound great, expandable storage, 4K display, 4K 120 hertz refresh rate display for gaming. So when you're looking at it from a best combination, not to put any of the other devices down, but every other device that, that we have right now on the market has certain things either that are missing or a different direction that they're going with. And that's the, the you know, the, the approach there. I would, that's the one I would go. Hopefully that gives you the answer. And I'm pretty sure some of the people in the comments will be like, that was not a surprise, TK. We knew you were going to go there. Uh, let me hear. Joey B is in the chat. Hey, man. Hey, Joey. Hope you're doing well. 
<laughs> I knew it was going to be the exception. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, there is no question. It's so you really have to look at it as what is it that you want? What is it that you always feel like you're missing when you're holding a piece of a device on the phone on the market? Great phone, a lot of things going on for it. The headphone jack is okay. It's not the best. No expandable storage. That's another big thing. Uh, stereo speakers are decent, but I feel like the placement of them sideways, like seriously, look, this is the configuration that needs to be speaker forward, speaker forward. That's not how we have it here. We have front facing to side facing. So whenever I'm holding the phone, I always have to cup it so that I can actually get the sound to bounce back. I feel like there are certain compromise, well, not compromises, certain things in the recipe of that phone. And I say that because I think it's a decision made, right? When they're designing this phone, they're specifically designing it with certain decisions. I think those are the things that we need to kind of look at. I don't know if it was a cost expense. You know, it's cheaper to have the, the speaker firing down to the side. I don't know if it's a cost specifically for them, but front-facing speakers for the win all the time. Ever since the M7 from HTC, front-facing speakers with boom sound back then, those are the things you want to do. Uh, so for me, those are the things that I, I, when I see the Xperia 1 Mark III, I feel like those are the, that's where the, the company is literally speaking to me. I am in that niche market that Sony is looking for and Sony is building on. Um, I just literally upgraded my uh, my overhead camera uh, last couple of days. Remember, I think you mentioned to you guys, Sony sent me the E10 to play around with. We did the live stream with it a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I like that camera so much. Uh, I ended up replacing my overhead camera with it. So I ended up uh, picking up one for myself directly. It just, it's finally available uh, on the market. And I really like it. It works the way I want it. Um, finally, now all my videos are going to be in 4K. No more 1080p videos posted uh, to YouTube from now on, or even shorts. So all my videos will be there uh, in that resolution. Uh, but yes, <laughs> I'm with you, Joe. Uh, let me see here. Uh, I want to say, oh, okay. So Aditya would probably jump in between the V60 and the Mach on the one Mark III. Uh, I think both are great choices. I think the V60 has a lot of good uh, good options available there. The only reason why I shift over to the uh, to the uh, One Mark III right now mostly is the 4K. It's a 4K 120, and I feel like if I'm going to basically spend the the, the money on the on the phone, and it's going to be something that I really need to have like as a one phone, um, and expandable storage is also the other big thing. Uh, Sony, I think at this point is where we want to be. Uh, I mean, I know LG would have gotten to that level. Maybe the V70 would have been the QHD and 120 or something to that effect. But unfortunately, since we're never, we're never going to see what the V70 or any of the other successors is going to be, it's going to be one of those conversations. We'll have to see how it goes. Um, I need the LG, <laughs> the V-series phones. Uh, I know I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, let me see here. Da, da, da. Oops, I think I jumped a few things. Oh, okay, so Jimmy Fire Dragon has a little bit of a better list here. So Jimmy say uh, the One Mark Three, the Fold Three, or the Find X Three Pro. Who? That's a good series. Um, uh, so the Fold Three kind of throws a little bit of a, a wrinkle in there. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so between the the One Mark Three and the Find X Three Pro, so the Find X Three Pro has a very unique experience going on with it. It has that microscope camera set up on it, uh, a beautiful display, great cameras on it, and it works really nice. It's just it's missing the headphone jack, and I don't think they're ever going to bring that back. There's no expandable storage, and at the best, we're getting QHD at a 120 as opposed to getting you know 4K at 120. So there's always going to be that conversation. But I would love to either one of those, the Find X3 Pro or the one uh, the One Mark Three. Uh, but the Fold, I think overall, from uh, from a camera experience, I feel like is not going to be the phone that I kind of I'm able to rely on. Let's just say that. Um, the selfie that I took this morning from the phone, I took it a couple of times with the internal camera on the on the on the fold. 
And uh, let's just say this much. It was just so bad that I had to retake it with a front-facing camera on the outside. The, the other 10, well, no, the only 10 megapixel camera on that we have on the front. Uh, they did something in there. They changed the experience on the fold. And that's one of those things that I, I really, so if I had to pick between the three, I would still go with the one Mark three with the, the Find X3 Pro uh, as a close second for sure. Uh... <laughs> so Davin Davis uh, joined it. Yes. No, man, congrats. It's, it's one of those things uh, you always love. Like seriously, uh, more and more people are getting their their one Mark threes. I'm waiting for mine, so we'll have to see when when that kind of shows up. It's one of those devices that truly, like, I get the chance to play with it. I get a chance to test it out. But they always Sony is always uh, giving us a short amount of time each time we get a hands on, um, and it's just it's just that much fun. Like seriously, it's that much fun. Uh, and the form factor has uh, definitely grown on me for the for for the most part. The longer form factor, watching movies on it, the speakers on it. Uh, HS power control, the configuration, the new options that we have in the system as well. Uh, and of course, just literally one of the better options when you're getting 5G, officially 5G in the US. Uh, for us, that's a big change because the the one, sorry, the two Mark three, the the sorry, the one Mark two never got 5G. So 4G LTE was the max. Now we finally have 5G support in the US. For sure. Uh Oh, Russ is saying um, LG Fold with headphone jack and a micro SD card <laughs> with pen support would be the one. You know what? That would have been the phone, right? The foldable, not foldable. I think LG was showing us a rollable phone. Having that with bamboo pen support, as well as having the ability of, like you said, expandable storage, great headphone jack, it would be definitely the, uh, the, the, the step in the right direction we would have wanted to see. Um, the, the goal of technology, and this is really what gets me a little bit kind of not excited, not just excited, but like a little bit frustrated sometimes. Year over year, when you're improving, when you're releasing new versions of your phone, you should always strive to improve that experience. You shouldn't try to go into that experience saying, how can I tailor my experience next year so that it gives the best possible experience I can give? But then you're still increasing price points on what you're releasing. So th this is what my this is what gets me a little bit with Samsung is. As he, as the time goes on, they went on the they were on a on a wave on a massive wave of every year we get something new. We got the SD card. They took it away. They brought it back. We had the headphone jack. We had a better display. We went to 120 hertz refresh rate. Those things were starting to look up. We went to the S20 Ultra. We had a, a large display, 5,000 milliampere battery, SD card support, 108 megapixel sensor. A whole bunch of things were starting to improve. Yes, they started to delineate between standard and and ultra. And I understood again. There's no reason why you can't push people to the to the higher end for those for those features. Um, but then S21 Ultra series or S21 comes out, and then I started seeing basically things starting to just fizzle. Samsung's valuing certain things over other, and I feel like that shouldn't be be the solution. Your phones aren't getting smaller. You're not making things aesthetically change just because it needs to look better. It needs to fit in a certain aspect. This phone is still a thick phone. It's about the thickness of what the S20 Ultra was. The battery isn't that much bigger. It has actually less power uh, uh, draw on it. So it only goes to 25 watt as opposed to 45 watts. So those are there's some big differences that you did to compromise the experience. But yet it's still a big phone. It's still a heavier phone. And those are the things that I feel like I don't understand the change there. Headphone jack is a conversation that we've had for many times. But the SD card functionality, MST support taking away a small, you know, same size battery, but slower charging. I don't think there was ever a problem with the S20 Ultra charging any issues with the 45 watt charger. But again, those are some changes that you have to kind of concentrate. 
I want it to be better though. I want the next series to tell to make me want to leave my current phone to jump into it. And they're losing their way in that direction. They need to start building that. Um, the Z Flip 3 and the Z Fold 3, I was very, I was excited and a little bit uh, um, taken back a little bit by some of the improvements that we saw. I felt like the Z Flip 3 provided us the best improvements overall between the Fold and the Flip. When I got both of them and I started using both phones, I still found my way that basically saying that the Fold is a better phone than the Flip, not because of the price, but it is because of the way Samsung put it. They've purposely if they purposely did not include dex they purposely did not include screen mirroring on a thousand dollar flip phone don't understand that and i don't know why um, i understand all of the other stuff the ip rating i understand the fact that they added stereo speakers again great improvements the bigger display on the outside the cameras not exactly a big improvement there but overall those two features for me when i'm using a smartphone like when i want to pay a thousand dollars which is what the s21 ultra sells for right now I want to be able to get decks. I want to be able to get a large battery. I want to be able to do a lot of work. Giving me folding capabilities and crippling all of that other stuff and still charging about $1,000, it truly ends up becoming something that you're buying that phone purely for looks. You're not buying it for function. And, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why I don't I don't think I'll be keeping the Z Flip. The, the Z Fold is going to be the one for me to go, to keep with. Um, Side Streets is saying, what's up, everybody? Hope you're doing well. Oops, and I think I jumped again. Hold on, I hate it when it does that. Uh, da, da, da. Let me see here. Simon says, Sibno. Uh, um, Aisha says, hi. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm still hoping that the uh, uh, the 1M7 refresh uh, of a legend. Yes, uh, the HTC 1M7 is... It truly is an icon. I mean, it's it's one of those. It's almost like the HD, the HTC HT2, the phone that almost never died, and I don't even know if it's still going. Um, but there was this thing going on with the in the roming in the community, in uh, in it basically in 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 the XDA community, or even in ROMs. Uh, it was the phone that just would never die. Every time a new news version of Android came up, that phone somehow got a port, and it was something that it, they basically wanted to see how long could they have kept that device going with that specific set of hardware, pushing the limits of how long a, a phone can last. Uh, but yes, the M1 is definitely for sure one of the better options. Uh, Greg in New Rom is uh, <laughs> Hiscalator. Uh, sorry, it runs Android 12 beta very, very slowly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, man, let's, it, it is one of those things you always have to kind of appreciate. Uh, AOSP, AOSP ROM on uh, on on the 11 with the Nexus P11. Uh, um, I saw I saw an IKEA Sonos speaker and also their other uh, uh, branding. The sound was not bad at all. It depends on what sound. What, so IKEA, I mean, when you rebrand things, you're going to have to basically appreciate the the pricing that they're bringing it to you. It's mostly trying to bring you something that typically would cost more, but it is through a deal through those companies for sure. Uh, let me see here. Uh, okay, so here, this is an interesting one. So um, Amaldi is actually saying, it's, hey, TK, the truth about it is most people want, uh, won't need a flagship-level smartphone, social media, YouTube, photos, uh, and the casual gaming. Absolutely. The things that we just listed on that list do not need a flagship phone. Uh, the flagship capabilities are truly the higher end functions like of what you do uh, and, and when we're saying gaming we're talking about casual gaming obviously but the 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 concern that you'll start noticing and this is something that we need to keep in mind 
Um, when we say gaming, gaming phones have a specific purpose for them. And it is actually the prime, the prime reason for these phones. And the rest is pretty much tacked on to either uh, make it look like a standard phone or run like a regular phone. So what I mean to say is by this, if you're buying this phone, if you're going for the Red Magic 6S Pro or 6 or any of the Red Magic series or the ROG or insert, you know, Black Shark or any gaming moniker, gaming phone specific, um, you're not buying them for their cameras right? You're not buying them because they look like a regular phone. They look like a Samsung, right? No, you're buying them because they look like a gaming phone. They have aesthetics and looks and specific designs done specifically. Hold on. Let me see if I can get this right. So you can see here, it does not look like a regular phone. It definitely stands out. You're playing with this. You're going to know. Uh, they add triggers on them so that they actually run the, like, a, like a gaming phone, like you have, as if you have a controller on the phone. So the, the purpose of a gaming phone, if it truly is meant to be a gaming phone, if you're gaming realistically, there, you are going to need certain level of uh, improvements. A processor like the 765 can't perform at the same level on PUBG, Call of Duty Mobile, uh, Genshin Impact, or any of the other ones. Um, there are going to be some crippling factors based on the horsepower that you have. That may require you to go slightly more on the flagship processor, but you don't have to pay flagship devices. Where we're talking... Sorry, where we're talking basically on, on devices that typically we use on, on the daily. Like if you, again, you're just checking your email, um, want to make sure to take pictures. Uh, you have a good cell reception. You have 5G on it, which now is becoming more of a more of a real thing that people are actually looking for. Um, I think those are going to be very well met with a mid ranger, a 765 series smartphone like a Nord, uh, the OnePlus, uh, the, the OnePlus Nord, or the Pixel Five, uh, or even the you know the Pixel 4a, uh, the Pixel 5a can actually perform quite well in 2021. Uh, it's a large display. It has 5G. It has a large battery, a decent camera sensor, amazing post-processing uh, capabilities with uh, Google uh, capabilities with the cameras. So you definitely, and of course Android 12, much faster than some of the other ones on the market. There's no question. Yes, uh, flagship. The term flagship has has gone too far. Uh, we've gone. It's this is where basically it's truly a, a software kind of a game, not a hardware. Uh, the hardware is surpassed way more than what we need. Camera sensors are great, but the biggest thing that we always see the difference between a smartphone and another is how does the company that is carrying that sensor perform in managing the software? How is the post-processing done? How is the color science that they're in there? How do they tune the camera into what, what those, all of those little uh, uh, parts are very important in how those images come out and how people appreciate the image that comes out from there. Let me see here. I think, uh, take me up, see here. I see, uh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, Simon and, and Joe are talking a little bit. Davin Davis, um, TK, mine is in the repair shop. Oh, okay. Mine is in the repair shop. Uh, I'll see if I can send you pictures uh, when it's completed. It looks very, very unique. Definitely. No, uh, I, I can't wait. Yeah, definitely. Appreciate it, man. Uh, it, it is one of those things you always have to appreciate when things kind of, you know, when you're fixing things. The SD card is the biggest issue uh, uh, really. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And it's not because I feel like, uh, you know, the advocates of removing the SD card would be like, well, it's just not as fast. It's not really needed. It's not there for you to, for it to be the fastest storage available in the phone. You can still buy 128 gig internal storage and then add a 256 or a 512 and then just load your media onto it. Reduce the storage on your main drive so that your main system runs as fast as it can. And then everything that you use every once in a while just ends up sitting where it needs to be. I think that's the biggest thing. Yes, SD cards are one of the, it's literally a dying breed. 
uh, we're finding that mid-range and, and uh, low-end devices are carrying them still, but at the flagship level where you're paying more to supposedly get more, surprisingly, we're finding less and less devices that actually offer that opportunity for us. Let's see here. Oops, I think I, saw, I was looking at the comment from Russ. Oh, here it is. So Russ was saying is the S21 Ultra can still have a headphone jack in, in, in my in my opinion. Maybe Samsung uh, just doesn't want to. Uh, hope, hope, maybe Samsung just doesn't want to. Hopefully the S22 or the Note 22 Ultra brings back the uh, the the mystique of uh, <laughs> a previous month for uh, the mystere. Uh, yeah, no. Um, it, it's going to be like I, I'm. I'm hoping. I mean, this will be definitely one of the biggest surprises if Samsung, like a literally, like if they wanted to catch the biggest wave that people will jump back on Team Samsung faster than anything, is start bringing back some of the features that you took away, which sadly you took away. But I think that would be a big, nice, very amazing media wave. And believe me, people will eat it up right away. People will love it. Um, find me in the beginning of that line too. I will basically be right, right there. Uh, but we'll have to see how they do it. I think some of the leaks that we've seen, it's, again, more optimization, sleeker design, better looking phone. And at the end of the day, don't get me wrong, but you have no idea what my phone looks like under this. I mean, you know, obviously, because you guys have seen it, you know, this is a very, you know, tech friendly, very, you know, you guys know what an S21 Ultra looks like. But really, when you put it in a case like this, you put a glass protector on the front, you put a protector on the lenses in the back, you really have no idea what the phone looks like. So all of the design aesthetics and changes that we keep doing to these phones, don't get me wrong, I, I love looking at them in pictures, but in reality, in practical use, we case our devices. Once you put a case on a phone, the color does not matter. The look, the design, the material on it does not matter. And if you're carrying a phone without a case, and I don't think most people do, they will protect their investment. Although this is something, like I said, it depends on the case you're getting. It's one of those things. Again, uh, I feel like the, the the next the next series from Samsung is going to be in that matter. Um, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, they missed they missed the mark with having the SD card. Yeah, no, definitely, Russ. Uh, always, always. Um, Arya saying, "Hey, man, hope you're doing well." Hey, hey, Arya. Uh, oh, here. So, um, I'm a little bit disappointed to hear that Google's following uh, suit and giving the charge in not including a charger in the box. Uh, I would be tempted to get the Xperia Mark Mark Three if it doesn't uh, live up to my expectations. So, yes, I was actually very now. It's totally possible Google could change, but the reality, I think this has been just confirmed at this point. Um, yeah, the 6 and the 6 Pro, which hopefully will be coming up in, this, in the near future, will not feature, will not include a charger in the box. Um, and I also feel like it's also going to include some new technology of charging, which will be faster than what we've seen in the past. So I'm, I'm a little bit sad to see Google following suit in that manner because the reality of the matter is it's creating another purchase. Uh, and I know we had this conversation before on the podcast. We talked about it. There's the whole pro and con of including and not including a charger. If you want to get the best experience on your charging experience on your phone, especially since not all phones that are released by companies include like wireless charging or also include a standardized charging technology. Power, you know, power delivery is a big uh, standard. Game chargers are also very, very capable. So I'm, I'm probably thinking that's more than likely the technology that Sam, that uh, Google is going to go with because they've gone with PD before. This is not unlikely of them. So even though they've used Qualcomm chipsets in the past, they didn't rely on quick charge as their technology. So they could basically rely on that and just go further than the 15 or the 25 watt charging that we've seen in the past. They may go 30 or so or maybe even higher. 
Uh, Samsung, uh, and, sorry, not Samsung. Sony did something a little bit different. They went up to 30 watts, but they include the charger in the box. So they realized that at the end of the day, look, better give the consumer a fully well-rounded experience. Um, I think at the end of the day, so here, and, and you can you can let me know what you guys think in the comments. For people that turn in the devices, that upgrade devices, right? I think you should be turning in your phone with a charger with it. Seriously, if you're selling or if you're trading in the phone, sell it and trade it in with a charger, therefore reducing the carbon footprint. And then you allow these companies to recycle the materials from these chargers and create other chargers from it. Also could be a helpful situation for us. The reason why a lot of people have chargers sitting at home, okay, the cause of that reason, which I don't think people discuss is because if you've ever traded in a phone, if you've ever traded, if you've ever gone into, let's say, a store, T-Mobile, Verizon, whatever, or if you've gone to Apple or Samsung or whatever, when you trade in your phone, well, let's say I'm upgrading from the 21 to the 22 or X, insert XYZ, they only request me to send them the phone. The charger that came with this that I did get a, well, sorry, take that back. This one didn't come with, the S21 doesn't come, but I'm saying is earlier generations. If we traded in our phones with the chargers, that would have reduced the footprint and also would have helped with the cost for them so that they can recoup some of that cost from the for with those phones if they do if they don't end up reselling them because when they resell them or where they send them to other markets to get them resold they're having to put a charger with it right it's sold as a secondhand unit and at that point it is going to include something from them to make it a better deal for people buying it secondhand so again that whole conversation of losing the headphone uh, the sorry the, the charger in the box i don't understand it I don't understand it and I don't understand why it's becoming a standard because if you really think about it, it this would be really frustrating if I if I got my Tesla and it didn't come with a charging plug that I can plug it into the wall and charge it. Don't get me wrong, it's going to be very slow, but in a pinch, it's always nice to have that as opposed to not having any option with my car. So those are things that I always appreciate about having a full well-rounded solution. Giving me a phone that out of the, uh, yeah, it's like if I bought it and I forgot to pick up the charger and then I get it and I don't have the right charger to, to charge it with, like the fast charging that comes with it, that's going to change my opinion. Don't get me wrong. I know I can charge it with a slow charger from something else, but that's not going to give me that, you know, well, this charger is at 30, but no, please use your other charger that gives it 15. It, it's going to be one of those things. It's, you know, like I said, it, it's, it changes the experience that, that out of the box experience that a lot of us people, a lot of people enjoy it. Oops, I think I jumped over. I think I was going to, I was trying to click Davin's question or comment. Oh, here we are. Okay. So Davin Davis, I'm not too far behind guys. Sorry. Um, TK, well, I understand most people won't, won't, uh, sorry, uh, won't do this. Uh, the right to repair, including availability uh, of part really helps to expand the life of a device. It's something that I think a lot of us don't realize that we don't have access to, especially when you go into the Apple ecosystem. Um, having companies wanting you to go and repair things strictly with them and only with them and not allowing you to repair your own hardware is a big is a big thing. I mean, this is a big change into something like, you know, you buy something from me. You don't really own all entirely. We don't, so A, they don't give you root access. You don't have full control over that phone. Uh, so that's partially, you know, they still control a good part of it. Obviously, they install the software, so on. But I'm looking at it from basically, you know, you're buying a phone that you don't fully control. That's one part. But then not allowing you to fix your phone at a third-party reseller because going back to the main company costs so much more because they can hike up their price. It's a monopoly situation. If you can only fix your device at the company that made that device, they're always going to be more expenses and more expensive than the regular. So those are things to look at. But right to repair, as, as Russ was saying, or Davin Davis, sorry, um, 
it's a, it's a big factor. I think we need to have the ability of being able to take our phone to a shop and get it fixed and not having our phone invalidate itself because the hardware that was included wasn't purchased directly from uh, Apple or from Samsung. So those are things that we always appreciate. So I'm with you. Yes, right to repair, allowing us to fix our own uh, things. Um, so Russ is asking is, what do you use to measure temperatures? Uh, so I use my handy uh, temperature gun that, that I have here. And I don't know how to, it's actually, I think it's a Milwaukee. I want to say it is, but I don't know. I, I don't, oh no, it's a, sorry, an HDE. Um, it's an infrared ter uh, thermometer. So let me see if I can show you right there. That's uh, the temperature gun that I use typically to measure the temperatures on my phone. And what I typically do, so let's go ahead and switch over to the overhead. So like here, I'll turn it on. It run, basically measures the temperature and I can actually measure the temperature with the phone. Obviously we're not using it. So that's the room temperature, about 75 degrees. I do have the AC running in the room. So that's probably what you got, what, what the reason why the temperature is showing up at that. Uh, but like, yeah, I can, I can put it on my hand and hopefully see like right there, like my hand is warm. Obviously it, it, it's, it, it gets, it's a little bit more accurate um, on surfaces, depending on where you are. But uh, when you're holding your hand and you obviously different things, your hands would typically be the warmest. I didn't want to point it to my head. I don't want to get it in. I'm not going to say anything. Aditya, don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. My God. This is uh, the Dean show. Hey, hey, man. Um, so come, okay. Uh, the, the Dean show, I'm not sure what that word means. If you don't mind maybe uh, saying, explaining that to us, we appreciate that a little bit more. Um, here, Russ is jumping in. The smartphone comes with no charger. Then the 65 watt should be uh, the standard charging wireless too, if possible. I want them to include as much as possible or give us the best options. I think Google's first phone, it's hard to kind of say first phone, right? Because we're talking about, you know, this is like, you know, Pixel 6. And it's not Pixel 5 or Pixel, you know, the first Pixel. I think the, the reality is what we're seeing now is we're going to see Google's tailoring of that experience. This is Google's vision of, hardware, uh, configuration, software with new UI, material U, and a vision of a camera uh, implementation in there and see how they perform with what we're seeing essentially to be one of the higher performing camera sensors. One of the better performance cameras I've seen on the market to this day is the GN1 sensor that, uh, that I've seen on the uh, Xiaomi Mi 11 Ultra. By far, some of the best camera experiences there. Uh, I feel like this is something that we're going to start we're going to start to appreciate it a little bit more so i'm really hoping that google does a decent job in providing us a good experience there uh but i i do hope also that the you know like i said the the charger even though it's going to be sold separately uh doesn't cost an arm and a leg and or could be replaced with let's say something like um I can't find it here. So anyways, uh, like the one i showed you last week uh the one that the, the basically the 45 watt charger from um Oh man, Spigen, uh, that one would actually should be really a good option. You know, it sells for about 20 bucks. You can pick it up, goes all the way up to 45 watts, charges your Samsung devices, your, uh, your Google devices, uh, PD or anything like that. I think it'll be really nice. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So you guys didn't catch that yesterday. That was really kind of a cool little, I was trying to be a little bit sly with Juan yesterday. Um, we met up at the park, as you guys know, we're concluding our challenge. And uh, just for reference, uh, Juan, if you're watching this, I really like these guys. I'm, I'm really, um, 
the, the, the only thing I'll probably say is this, they're a little bit bigger than I'm typically used to when it comes down to um, headphones or in-ear monitors, uh, because they typically, they do are going over and then basically going in. They're definitely bigger, but six driver earbuds is, is crazy different. Like I'm not, I was really surprised. So I'm using it with my bolt or my helm bolt. And um, what I ended up doing is essentially Greg printed out some 3d models for, for both he and I. And um, I, I haven't got a chance to give one his. I haven't seen him a lot. And I, and I forgot about it last time when we met up at the park. So Greg was like, hey, make sure you give it to him. So I figured what better way to do it than to switch over and put it inside of the case because they fit perfectly there. So Juan opened it up, enjoyed it. It looked really, really nice. Thank you very much, Greg. Uh, that was a very, very nice. And he actually did print out a couple of megapixels for, uh, for Juan. So there was a little bit of the megapixel. If you guys know that one from Juan, it looks really nice. Um, Okay, so uh, d is asking is, when do you think the iPhone 13 will go on sale? Typically, and I say this typically, when we, so Apple announces their devices uh, roughly, I think it was in the middle of the week, which is what we're getting next week. And I think within a couple of days, so more than likely, pre-sales, I, I would anticipate pre-sales to go on, uh, be, be available within a couple of days of the announcement. So they'll set it up and it'll open up at like 5 a.m. in the morning Pacific Standard Time, the way that they typically do. And then people will start getting their devices hopefully by the end of the month. I think that's the typical uh, cycle. But more than likely, the moment the announcement starts or the moment is over, you're going to start seeing all the Verge and all of the other companies, uh, the higher uh, the higher media uh, uh, outlets uh, pushing out their reviews of the device because obviously they've had it for the last two weeks. So uh, very very shortly within a couple of days to pre-order and hopefully within a week or two weeks to get it. It's similar to what Samsung kind of pretty much copied um, from their end as well. Uh, but it shouldn't be too long. I think the announcement should be very very much on point and availability should be pretty pretty much shortly after that. Uh, but again, I, I'm still hoping for that Sam's not sorry. I'm still hoping that Apple brings or ushers in 120 promotion on a, on, a, on a smartphone. There is no limitation holding them back other than sheer will. It's not the hardware. It's not that the tech can't do it. It's truly a decision on Apple's side of how long they're going to hold out. And in the so one thing I will say this. I don't like the way the system or the current ecosystem is set up that unless Apple in, um, adopt, adopts a certain technology, it's invented then. And what I mean by this is 5G had the strongest, longest struggle to get into the market and open up into many, many carriers and everybody jumped into it um, till Apple jumped into it. We had 5G for years before on Android side. And once Apple adopted it, it became more like everybody's talking 5G. So there is a certain part of the conversation of when Apple jumps on to the 120 hertz refresh rate with promotion that it's going to open it up for other opportunities. It's going to help the Android side because of the adoption, because of more companies will be able to bring it into a lower pricing. So that's really why I'm excited for Apple, for iPhone to have it. Not to say necessarily that this is something that I value as an iPhone uh, for using uh, for using something like that on an iPhone because at the end of the day, there are so many more things I want to do on, on an Android device that I feel like Apple still doesn't give me the, uh, the, the opportunity to do. Let's just say that. So short answer, I want Apple to move forward and succeed in that manner so that we, to, we will also get even more benefit from it. And again, bringing it to a lower price point, more functionalities, more support, uh, more competition is always good for the user. And I think that's the best solution here. So for me, I, will, I would love that. Uh, no charger. Uh, so, uh, uh, the Dean show is, it's, 
that that statement is a very a very interesting statement to say. I agree. Where from from a company's standpoint, they're producing less hardware, so they're not producing the charger. But at the end of the day, the consumer still has to either a buy another charger or hopefully has the right charger ahead of when the technology has been uh, released. If Google changes dramatically on the power charging uh, capabilities on that device, it's something that basically that we need to kind of again, how do we stay ahead of that? Am I buying a charger from another company, or am I just not buying it from Google? Therefore, Google is not producing more things, and I'm uh, I'm still pr- putting my money for that specific piece of hardware from another party. It, it, you have to kind of look at the f- the full pie. Yeah, I agree. Their point of view is one way. I'm the end user. Can <laughs> I love it? Uh, you have to kind of just look at it and, and see what the benefit is going to be. Right? But I, I I agree. I'm with you on that one. Uh, did anyone see the Google Pixel 6? Uh, oh, yes. So Jimmy Fire Dragon is saying, did you guys see the Pixel? Uh, and then uh, it had uh, made, by, made by Google Channel uh, one about a day or so ago. I So I saw the video. I was very happy with the, with the design. I finally got to see somebody holding the phone as opposed to just having it flat with a render. Uh, so the good thing about it is it definitely doesn't look as big as I thought it was going to be. The design doesn't look very um, too, too, too far out there kind of for me to be able, able to appreciate it. So... Um, I think overall, like I said, a good case on anything will make anything look great. Uh, Google for sure is going to release the 6 Pixel 6 and the 6 Pro with some amazing cases. So we'll definitely see what they offer. Uh, But at the end of the day, it was nice to see that they're focusing on camera experience. The aesthetics look there. And of course, again, I'm I'm just looking for them to push push the market. This is going to literally be a new SOC to compete with the Kirin, the MediaTek, the Qualcomm's. Uh, of of, uh, of processors out there, and we need to see basically if this is going to become a success, and of course the Exynos of other of other processors, uh, or is it going to be a sideline? So this is going to be the biggest thing that we we have to have to look into. Uh, uh, Hans is saying, uh, Sony is the only brand that is uh, that admitted removing features were wrong. My Xperia is asking me to tell you that. <laughs> I like it. My experience, like, tell TK, this is how you fix it. I No, I think it's, it's one of those things you have to kind of also realistically kind of listen to your user base, right? Um, Sony is doubling down on becoming the best that they can for what they offer. When you're buying a camera, sorry, when you're buying a camera from Sony, you truly get the best that Sony can provide you in that experience. Um, the reason why I decided to go with the E10 over the ZV1, also the reason why I didn't go with the ZV1 last year, I felt like the ZV1 was pretty much a, an RX7 100 Mark, Mark 7 with a new body. I didn't feel like it was that much better. The swivel camera was great. It's a great opportunity for me to you know utilize that, but I felt like it was held back by some features in there, a interchangeable lenses, uh, giving me the opportunity to basically use it as a, you know, there's, they added a lot of features there, but the interchangeable lens part here is a big factor. You buy the ZV-1 and you're stuck with whatever lens do you have there. On the E10, although they do sell the model that I got, I got that one with the kit lens, uh, and it, the kit lens is working perfectly fine. But this is the kick-ass part. I can take the lens that I have on the A7S III if I'm going out and put it on the ZV E10, and now I just improved the 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 capabilities of my E10 like 110 times. This is how the beauty of interchangeable lenses. Um, I can use my Sigma uh, converter ca- uh, camera uh, adapter that I can use my Canon lenses on it. There is an, Im- an immense world of portable cameras. And the body is still, again, very nice and very portable. So that's really why I appreciate when Sony comes in with a smartphone is that they're not skimping anything. They do literally every time they're trying to figure out how to add more and keep it very sli- very nice and very slim. So very good. I'm with you. 
thank you thank you to your experience smartphone uh let me see here what do you think of the iphone 13 uh okay i think uh uh, D-Rod, I think we already kind of answered that one. I think it's more than likely it's going to be within a couple of days after the launch event uh, for pre-sale and availability within a couple of weeks. Uh, Mali is exactly, I don't even want to touch the phone without a case. Uh, most of them really slippery. So that was the, so that was the biggest thing that I had with the Z Flip. So most phones, especially when you're going glass glass slabs, which is every, what everybody's phones are going to be, where we're getting mostly, uh, even if they're not glass slabs, uh, the plastic that we're seeing with most devices, they typically end up basically being uh, slippery phones. So the biggest thing that we have here is the Z Flip. The Z Flip has a glass back, and it is glass on top, glass on the bottom. One of the biggest things that I had with this is when you have it on a, on a table, if it is uh, even somewhat the table is not leveled and it is uh, a smooth surface, the phone ever so gently starts sliding off. And one of the things, okay, I just noticed I have a massive bubble I have to reapply here. So what I did is I installed a glass protector or uh, basically a protector for the phone made by Whitestone. Now, Whitestone Dome Glass includes or they make the glass or a replacement silk. They call it the silk glass, which essentially is that bendable glass that we can get here. So there's a screen protector installed by Samsung. And if it does get damaged, you don't actually have to go back to Samsung. Um, Whitestone sells one that you can install for yourself. But... What I liked about them is they also include a protecting film for the external part. Because it's glass, it's like a display, it's easy to apply a cover for it. And that actually does support and reduces the, the slipperiness. But to that case, again, again, what um, Amaldi is actually saying is most of us put a case on our phones. Once you put a case, that beautiful purple phone, again, I'm not trying to knock it down. I'm not saying that the color is not great. You know, it's 90% gone. I mean, you could see a little bit there. You know, realistically, here, let me see. You can barely catch the purple there. You can see some of it there. But the reality at the end of the day, the color of the phone, the shape of the phone, the design of the phone doesn't really matter. It's really more about protection because we don't want to lose our phone if we drop it. Uh, let me see here. Uh, let me see here. Da, da, da. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so, uh, the other thing actually I wanted to kind of talk about, I just realized, man, we're we're at the one hour and 20 minutes. We're getting we're hitting that point uh, point mark. Um, we're getting into a point of the time of the year. It's called what people like we started calling in the tech industry, at least, or the tech YouTube industry is Techtober or September, October. We're getting into a period, a period of time where there's a lot of devices are going to start releasing. Um, I'm anticipating some kind of an update from Xiaomi, hopefully in the next week. There's also another Xiaomi event going on. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's on the 14th. Um, there's uh, going to be the OnePlus. I think somebody was mentioning the OnePlus in the chat as well. So there's going to be probably a T-series of the OnePlus. I'm hoping they stick to what we, they did last year where it's not necessarily like a, a 9 Pro, 9T Pro edition. It's going to be more of a, a, a midpoint between the 8, sorry, the 9 and the 9 Pro. So that part of it. Um, although I don't know how, how OnePlus can overdo or outdo what they did last year with the 8T. Um, maybe better collaboration with better game titles. I love that. The AT, uh, I think uh, Cyberpunk Edition was amazing. Uh, the Xiaomi Mi 11T and 11T Pro event uh, and, the, oh, and, the, and the Pad 5 global launch. Uh, yes, I, Jimmy Fire Dragon. I think that's I think that's what I would start, we're we're looking into. So the 11T, 11T Pro, uh, and the Mate and the Mate Pad global launch. Uh, that's probably going to be what we see next week. Uh, the T series from OnePlus, obviously. Uh, I think I don't know if I'm not unless I'm I could be wrong. There could be another Reno device coming up before the end of the year. Reno is typically released within five to six months re, uh, cycles. Um, 
Android 12 is going to be coming up. We're going to start seeing betas from other companies coming up at that as well. So hopefully we'll see Oppo, OnePlus, Samsung. I want to see what, what the One UI ecosystem is going to do. So there's a lot of things coming up. It's going to be a busy season. Uh, there's a few other things also that I'm kind of working on with some companies as well to try to get you guys the best experience. Um, uh, not that kind of want to end the show. So this week has been an interesting week for me. Um, I tried to put out as much content as I could, and I did try to cover a certain type of content in there. Um, I I fell through on one of my collaborations that I was trying to work on on something that I enjoyed quite a bit that I did a couple of years ago, and I was hoping to be able to go support and do that again. But unfortunately, got the bad news yesterday that I won't be able to support it this year. Although I'm very ready to to start traveling a little bit as well, uh, not a lot, but at least a little bit. So um, if things change, hopefully, um, as as I like to say all, all the time, inshallah, everything will change. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, be the b- biggest thing I would probably say it is the time of the, the time of the show where it is basically um, uh, the Z Flip Three Folding Glass Two. Uh, okay, so the Dean Show. I'll, I'll give you a real quick answer. So before we before I answer that one, uh, okay. So real quick before we jump in, there's a couple of good questions coming in here from the Dean Show and Aditya. Uh, it's about that time that we start putting in the uh, you know hashtag TK Bay. This is the TKception part of the show. Uh, kind of. Uh, a way for us to kind of like, you know, recognize uh, different members of the show, obviously people that have been participating in the chat and hanging out with us. Uh, so it is almost that time of that show. But with that being said, I'm going to jump in real quick and answer a couple of questions. Uh, one from the Dean show and then uh, kind of go from there. Um, so the Dean show is actually mentioning is that there's an ad. Uh, uh, it's a, ba- a Bollywood actors uh, saying that the Z Flip 3, the Z, the Z Flip 3 uh, folding glass um, as well. So Technically, yes. Samsung, we had the same conversation last year with the Z Flip 3, sorry, the Z Flip and the Z Fold uh, 2. Uh, there is somewhat glass material in there. Uh, I think if we, if you want to basically see this, uh, check out Jerry Rig Everything. Zach did a disassembly of the Z Fold 3, the Z Flip, I think the Z Flip last year. Uh, and when he was removing the display, as he's, as he's removing the actual display, you could see it shatter as if there is glass in there. So the, the material in there is very like glass. It's not exactly as rigid as glass. It's intended to be more of a bendable material, but has more resilience than what we had before. Uh, this year, what they did is they changed the screen protector that they used on it to be a little bit more resilient, and it feels more like a regular display than what we've seen in the past. So that may be a better solution there. Uh, but then when we're when we're looking at it, other devices, I mean, it's not a it's not a it's not a it's not truly a, it's not a lie. It's it's more of how you represent the data. Uh, let me see here. OK, uh, so a DTS on a completely uh, um, <laughs> irrelevant question between the Helm Bolt DAC amp and the, uh, the the THX Onyx. Those are the two that Juan and I were actually uh, we exchanged to be able to test out. Uh, which one would you recommend? I want to pick the one. Uh, I want to pick the one up uh, with the, for the quad deck for the Onyx um, ha- has caught my eye as well. So I'll say this: um, sound to price performance, the Helm is a much better, uh, much better deal. I feel like the the Helm provides. They're both. This is the thing. They're both THX certified, so they're both going to provide you literally a very similar experience. It's just that you're you're going with. The Onyx meaning being made by THX, or you're going with Bolt, uh, me, uh, you know, the Bolt meaning made by Helm. I think at the end of the day, seriously, with most of the apps being on mobile, the, uh, mobile and desktop, there really wasn't that much of a noticeable difference in performance. The audio wasn't that much better. They both will improve the audio. 
but at about 100 bucks, the Bolt will definitely work much better for you. Um, neither one of them give you more control over the other. It's, it's literally on form factor. Uh, the Helm has a, uh, is a smaller footprint, still provides the same experience. You still have the MQA uh, and ability of listening to mastered audio. It's going to drive your headphones exactly the way you want them to. So you're not really going to be missing out on either. Depends on how much you find them and if the price in your region is the same. Uh, then you could potentially just go with what you're getting there. I feel like um, the Onyx maybe has better material. It's uh, the the it's longer, it's easier, it's magnetic on the top on on its own. Uh, but I feel like the reinforcements on the uh, on the actual corner. So let me say, let me show you what I mean. Uh, so there is some decent reinforcement on the ends here, here and here on both of these devices. And this one has a coil. The the Onyx had a bigger, thicker cable, and it is rubberized, covered all across. So. From a, from a standpoint of just function, I feel like the Onyx may be a little bit better, but I don't feel like the price point justifies going from one to the other. I think I would still go with the with the Bolt uh, just for, for your best solution. It's also smaller, fits in your pocket, works easier. Uh, it's um, compressed. The helm was a little bit shorter than this, but expanded, it goes a lot longer. So again, wires, it's going to be one of those things you want to keep in mind. Um, I, and I appreciate it, Greg. Yeah, no, it's it's more about it's more about just you know when you're working with a brand or you're working with a company that you've worked with before and you're a big fan of their uh, their their work. Um, I, I don't I don't want to make it, you, you know. It, it, sorry. So hopefully things will change. Things may 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 change still. I don't know. We'll see how things go. Uh, it it is uh, definitely not. Um, I'll, I'll I'll have to I'll, we'll have to see how it goes. I I don't I don't want to. If I if I explain a little bit more, it'll just it'll give out too much information. Yeah, sorry. Don't worry, don't worry about it. Uh, the um, it just it caught caught me off guard. And sometimes when you when you're looking for support from people that you've worked with and you think they got your back, and then the ball gets dropped, and then you feel like okay. I, I see where we are now. It's one of those things. Uh, but yeah, so uh, hopefully things change. And you know what? I, I look at it as um, I, um, there's a saying, or actually we all we all know this, uh, you know, when one door closes, another one opens or maybe five open. So I'm hoping that this is uh, this is this is that. And um, we'll see how the future kind of helps. It, it, we are getting we are getting into October. There's not going to be a, any shyness of work for sure. Uh, OK, so let's go ahead and do this. I think yeah, we're, we are at that time. Uh, let me see here. I think, so we're going to start off with Chemi. I think I, I see a few more. Oops. Yes. Okay. Sabaha. Okay. Here we are. So we're going to, I open up Chemi. We're going to say share. And, uh, right before I started the show, I was like wondering, it's like, why my second display is not working? Cause I, I do this on a separate display. Um, and apparently my hub, because of the power outage that we had this morning, it's not on, it always goes into sleep mode, but it turned off cause there was no power. So let's do yeah, right there. So thank you very much for everybody, of course. Chemi, of course, always, always a big, big supporter uh, of the channel as well. Uh, let me jump back in here. Uh, so Joey, uh, sorry, Joe Hickey, always, always appreciate it, man. Thank you. And um, it, it, it is, like I said, it, it, the, the biggest thing about what happened on, with, with, this, with this decision uh, was more about... Um, it, um, Okay, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. It hit me hard. Um, it it kind of threw off my entire day yesterday after I, after I left uh, after I came back home from hanging out with Juan. 
but it is what it is. What do we do? We have to move on. We have to find a better way to do things. And, you know, like I said, having, hanging out with you guys today was literally the best therapy I could have ever done. I didn't want to kind of put that out there too much, but with the, you know, with what's going on with that. But like I said, one door closes, many more will open. So with that being said, uh, thank you to Greg, uh, as always, I think, uh, hold on a second. I think I dropped it. Uh, did I, did I miss Greg? Where is, oh no, here, t- Greg, thank you. TKception always, as always, Joey B, thank you very much for hanging out with us, man. TKception, uh, TK, TK Foodie Bay, TKception, TK Super, uh, TK True Pro, I appreciate it, man. Um, and I really, really appreciate it. Um, there's a big part of what we are and what we do on a daily basis. And I'm not going to lie, sometimes it feels like we're all, we're all by ourselves. And um, that's one of the biggest thing I'll, I'll have to say, and this is not going to, this is, this is just, really me being the way it is. I really appreciate Juan for everything that he does. He is truly the best friend that I've had in this in this industry since I've started. And I say this because we have it went from the I hey I I know where you take your pro, your photos from and this was from an honor event to to literally we hang out we talk we chat we're there for each other and I feel like this is a friendship and and you guys also fit, fit into a massive part of what I do. Um, the Saturday morning show is truly your show. It isn't really my show. It's not me about talking about what I want. It's really about me hanging out with you guys. So whatever happens, whatever we're going forward to, we'll do that. Um, and then that's, I think that's the big thing I wanted. I want to say that at the end of the day, I appreciate every one of you guys, uh, hanging out, helping me out and, and, you know, just checking in every once in a while and saying hello, because at the end of the day, seriously, um, it, it does sometimes feel like you're by yourself and it is a one man, one person battle uphill with everything we run. When we run our channel, we run every aspect of a business that typically has people doing it by one person. So I always appreciate you guys being there. Thank you very much. Um, Chemi's in there, of course, there, uh, TK Amigo, gracias, mi amigo, uh, TKception, TK Bay, TK Tesla Bay. Uh, yeah, dude, that video on the Tesla, the, the Tesla app on the watch so happy finally on a samsung watch for sure um greg tk the tinker i love man i love tinkering of course hans tk oh tk forget the uh z flip fold xperia one one to go man hans wins the hans definitely wins that one there uh, Russ, thank you very much. Of course, TKception, Jimmy Fire Dragon, TKception. Have a great weekend to everybody. TK Sony Xperia, Xperia, Our Bay, Audiophiles, DAC Bay. Of course, uh, seriously, guys, you if you have a smartphone, if you have anything relating to audio, and you enjoy your music, you do, you do, you owe it to yourself to pick up any kind of DAC that you're able to to help improve the audio quality out of your smartphone. And believe me when I say is that your ears will love you back for it. You're going to enjoy the music better. You're going to enjoy um, just exploring other genres of music even more. But not only that, you're also protecting your ears. You do not have to base or sorry, increase the volume so high so that it ends up becoming clear for you to enjoy the music. You can enjoy music literally at almost 50 to 60 percent level volume on many, many devices. So for sure. Uh, Aditya, the man, the myth, the Mr. Cumberbatch of our uh, of our lives. Uh, Tiki looking handsome with the, with the fresh beard trim bay. Uh, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Like I said, um, it, it's something that I felt like would look better, a little bit cleaner. Uh, we'll see how also kind of like, you know, when I shave the head, uh, the, the head again uh, on Sunday, and then we'll, we'll see how it looks like on Monday's videos. But for sure, for sure, man. Fadil, uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, Greg, Joe, uh, Joe Hickey in there, TK Alpha Bay, TK P- Team Pixel for sure. Uh, always, always, always. Davin Davis uh, hitting us up also with the with the support. TK Roots to Tesla Bay. 
Oh man, always, always happy with that. And I think if I'm, I'm seeing something here. Oh, here it is. Okay. Um, thank you very much to Aditya for the super chat, man. I always, always appreciate your support. TK, we love you. Please don't lose hope. You're awesome. Uh, you're an awesome human being. Thank you very much. A dad, a friend, a techie, and so much more. And it is always appreciated that when people see beyond the, the the persona that we put out. But you're right. It is part of our lives. And we're all like that. We all try to be the best that we can in whatever we do. Um, uh, there's only some, uh, there's only more success and growth going up, uh, coming your way. Virtual hugs. Always, always appreciate it. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Um, Bob, thank you very much, Greg. And oh, man, Joe. Joe is in there as well. Um, TK, many, many doors will open for you, my friend. Uh, I'm certain of that is for sure. Uh, we all appreciate you and always appreciate your work. I appreciate you, man. Like I said, this show is really about us hanging out together and about us hanging out and, and kicking it together. And, and for, for the better part of anything else, like I said, it truly feels like therapy for me because we can't be in, in, in one room to sit down together. But through this live stream, every Saturday, we get a chance to kick it and have fun with it. So um, with that being said, again, I want to say thank you very much to everybody for hanging out with us. Um, and again, do good, be well, and you know, try to try to be the best person in, in your life. Um, opportunities come and go. And sometimes opportunities that have come and that you've worked with may end up not being available for you at some point. And you know what? At the end of the day, that may not be a bad thing. It's going to hit you. It's going to it's going to make you feel weird and you're going to feel down a little bit for, for a certain amount of time. But the main thing is to learn from what you did and to move forward. And the reality of the matter is there's always a second round. There's always going to be something else that you can come into and we'll see how things go. Um, uh, the the solution that where I am right now with with the situation, it's not that it's it's the end of the world. It just means uh, I'm going to have to figure out a better way to do things in my uh, in in my future work and try to figure out how to improve things and make things a little bit better. So, with that being said, I want to say thank you very much to everybody, to Joe, to Russ, to Aditya, to Greg, to Bob, um, uh, to Chemi's in there, of course, Davin Davis, uh, Joe again, uh, Jimmy Fire Dragon in there, um, Hans is in there. Thank you very much. The Dean Show uh, and everybody that hung out with us today and got a chance to basically spend some of your morning, some of your day, or even evening, depending where you are, uh, to have a nice little chat. So thank you very much. Be safe, stay safe, do well to each other and be nice to each other and definitely reach out to somebody you haven't talked to for some time. Believe me, I always say this, uh, but it is something that always brought me uh, a surprise and a pleasant surprise by reaching out to some friends I haven't talked to for some time. So with that being said, I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Best of Our Week on Thursday with Juan, uh, of course, on Saturday with another uh, Saturday morning with Tech. And let's not forget the show, The Myth, the SGTQA is coming back on Monday morning. So I'll see a, a lot of you guys in the chat as well. Uh, and uh, I appreciate that. And uh, yes, Aditya, I, I, I try. At the end of the day, realistically, you know, if there's one thing I've learned in my old age, if I'm going to start throwing ages, age numbers and so on, um, yeah. Be nice to each other. It doesn't, you never gain anything from trying to be in any way, shape or form holding anything against anybody else. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't change things. It's just who you are and how you move forward is the best way to look at it. So take care. I'll see you next Saturday. Um, and thank you for everything that you guys did today for me. I appreciate it a lot. Bye-bye for now.